we all have Superman syndrome. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've had to coach so many entrepreneurs that, you know, they're the best salesperson for their company and they always will be, but they never get out of their own way. The other part to your question for me, and I think about the soccer team, something I used to always say to those guys was, you know, I don't want to work here. <laughs> yeah, I would start the business as an entrepreneur and with the idea that it was never my job to make it go day to day. I've always wanted to work on my businesses, but not in them. Oh, wow. That creates a scenario where it's my goal as an entrepreneur to create jobs, give that job to somebody, empower that person behind that because I don't want their job. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug in to your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I am here today with a very special gentleman that has been an entrepreneur for over 25 years. He just exited his huge company, which we're going to talk all about. Walmart acquired it. But not only that, this man has depth and he's teaching businesses, companies, and people how to scale on a whole different level. So Aaron, welcome to the show today. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on today. I'm so pumped to have you here. Like you have done so much. And as we were communicating off camera, I'm so impressed by you, not only what you've done, but your humility and your mission. Can you share with everybody how you got started? Yeah, man. Where does the entrepreneur journey begin? I was a kid. I was still 19 years old. Um, as I was sharing a story earlier today, I wanted to be an attorney. And I went to school to be an attorney and had my path set. And one of the best things I did was intern with the district attorney and realized I didn't want to be an attorney. <laughs> uh, so I got the entrepreneur bug young and actually started Delivery Drivers, Inc., the HR company I sold. Uh, yeah, in 1996, 1997. Wow. Wow. So what have you learned through scaling this business? Like, first of all, how did it start? Like, how big was it? And then... You know, obviously you grew this massive company. You know, what have you learned through that? What was that like? Yeah, uh, going back to the beginning, you know, it was a business that I started as a solopreneur. Uh, I still remember that my first employee came on Wednesday afternoons after her real job that she used to say during the day and would come in and cut the checks for the driver. So we, I started the business from me with no employees to, by the time we handed it off, we had hundreds of thousands of drivers in the network and right around a hundred staff. Whoa. Okay. I want to just give everybody like hope right now. So many people are listening to this. It's them. They're working their, their side hustles in the evening, or they have maybe one or two employees how did you know and have the mindset to scale, to hire, to grow? What did that look like? It starts with the idea around growth. 
and, and starting with yourself at personal growth and then applying all these lessons into the business. Because as we know businesses, we go through phases, all businesses do. And, and it often has to do with size of the business, where you're at, and you've got your first couple employees and now you're at the first dozen employees and the roles change. So having a lifelong dedication to learning and always trying to level up was part of the secret of success. And to be able to take the business from a tiny company to, you know, steps and just baby steps one in front of the other. So are you the guy that like January one, are you like making vision boards and writing all this out? Like, did you dream about this company you created or did it kind of like take on a world of its own? No, I think we planned it out. Uh, you know, I don't, yeah. I, we didn't, not too much happened by accident. Okay. I want to hear this. I want to like really hear about like, what does that look like? I want to know what Aaron's mind looks like, like when you're planning things out. Well, if we're waiting until January 1, we're too late to plan the year. <laughs> okay. Right start. You hear this? So, yeah. so planning yeah. starts in December. Right now is planning time. Um, but there's a process and a methodology, a methodology mm -hmm. to it. Um, for me, I'm a big fan of the term cadence and rhythms. Okay. To where whatever you're doing, you know, when creating a consistent plan and a consistent way to manage that plan. Yeah. It becomes tedious. Your staff gets driven crazy after a while with another weekly meeting and these types of things. But do you have to have that process, the bones? So when you build the strategic plan, you have something to execute it on along the way. Okay. That's so good. So how often do you meet with your team? Like, you know, for so many people listening to this that have teams, mm -hmm. right? Again, maybe small, maybe large. What do you think is good? Like how often, cause I've heard like, if there's too many meetings, people get meeting out, you know, are you meeting like with the whole company and then, and then sectoring it out? What does that look like? That's a great question. Um, it really starts with, you have to have productive meetings. We can't have meetings for the sake of it. Yeah, this is good because I don't like just having meetings. No, I nobody crazy. does. Right? <laughs> you have to have an, yeah. you know, a meeting without an agenda is yeah. just a hangout right. type of scenario, right? right. So, um, but to answer your question, for me, the cadence and the, the rhythm start in working backwards. So I often, I, I'm not a big fan of five-year planning with companies. I think especially in this day and age, so much changes, so much. Uh, it changes so fast right. that usually the extent of the planning would start in a three-year plan. Okay. But then we want to work backwards. Okay. And so we have cadences to get to all of that with your annual planning, breaking then down the quarterly reviews to your monthly goals and your weekly check-ins. Mm. So it's a layering of weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual cadences yeah. on there. Annual strategic planning sessions where the plans are set, but then having the rhythms in place mm -hmm. to go back, manage those plans, review those plans. And plans are just plans. They're roadmaps that are always right. wrong. Right. Yeah, I've never made, I've never in my career made a plan that's right. Yeah. And it's just so, a roadmap. Yeah. So you have something yeah. to react to when something goes wrong. Mm, so good. Now I heard you mention that you like you, did you own a soccer team? <laughs> like I, I did. Okay. Yeah. So what did that look like? Talk to me about that. Like what made you own a soccer team? Well, I love sports yeah. and entrepreneurialism. So okay. when you take a couple of passions of mine and you throw them together, uh, you know, that's really the short answer to that. Yeah. Um, I had a friend and an entrepreneur in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we were years before the business of the team ever came about having a cigar on a rooftop bar out there in New Mexico one time and said, you know, it'd be really cool to do one day. Because my friend and partner was from England and he was a hooligan at heart and always wanted to build a football club. 
And as an entrepreneur, to be able to put this together was so exciting. So we bought a franchise in the U.S. soccer system. This was in 2013, actually about 10 years ago, and uh, bought a franchise in the system when the USL had partnered with Major League Soccer. Yeah. And uh, it was great. I got to play entrepreneur with you know the crew and the team and the employees that were so passionate about the game and all of that. And we did amazing right from the beginning, mm. right from the get-go. Oh my gosh. So were you just overseeing things? Cause this is what I imagine, you know, and I'm in a process of my life really where I'm growing and I'm, I'm really learning like how to delegate and hire, hire quickly, fire quickly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like true expansion. And I feel like my like worker bee mindset, this has been a huge learning curve for me. And I feel like just even being in your presence and obviously you have 25 years of knowledge of this, but it feel like, like, you know, you're a lane. Like, it seems like you really understand team building, right. And equipping people to, to be in their roles. Like, where did this come from? When did you learn this? Do you still have to work on it? I do have to work on it. You do. Like all entrepreneurs, okay. we all have Superman syndrome. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's <laughs> books about it, you know, how to get the big red S off of your chest because, Seriously. you know, you're good at this. Yeah. You know, I've had to coach so many entrepreneurs that, you know, they're the best salesperson for their company and they always will be, but they never get out of their own way. And after a while, and I have to teach them that, you know, even if we have two sales reps on the team that are 80% as good as you, the two of them together are more than you. And so the idea of we're always teaching entrepreneurs to get out of their own way is, is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So I, the other part to your question for me, and I think about the soccer team, something I used to always say to those guys was, you know, I don't want to work here. <laughs> yeah, I would start the business as an entrepreneur and with the idea that it was never my job to make it go day to day. I've always wanted to work on my businesses, but not in them. Oh, wow. That creates a scenario where it's my goal as an entrepreneur to create jobs, give that job to somebody, empower that person behind that because I don't want their job. <laughs> this, is, this is gold. This is a mindset switch, I think. Like this, you're truly an entrepreneur. Like, wow, that's, that's really cool. I just had a moment when you're explaining this because I think people start companies and they don't have that mindset of like, let's build something long-term, let's, and then eventually give other people jobs, like you just said. And then, you know, if, 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 if God has other plans for me, I can move forward and, and the thing is just going to continue. And that's legacy. What keeps you excited and, and, and going? Cause even it's like, you've just had this huge uh, monumental shift in your career that most would only dream of, like you're a real inspiration of what you've done. And I don't know if you've even sat into that yet because it's been so recent, uh, but I can still tell just by being in your presence that your wheels are always turning. You're ready to help more people. You have a real passion to get in there and help. Like, where does that come from? I'm a teacher at heart. I think we were talking about it at lunch, right? Like, I just, I love to help other people solve their own puzzle. Because playing business, playing entrepreneur and, and figuring out how to fix problems, solve problems, build organizations, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the, the hot DMs I get is this, is this, is when should I get an assistant? Like, 
how, how much do I have them do? How do I, another one I get is like, how do I keep a good assistant? And all the viewers, I feel like it's a true bottleneck because it's like the control thing's still there. And it's like they're doing activities that, you know, they shouldn't be doing. So what insight could you give on that? Well, heck, a lot of time <laughs> entrepreneurs go and hire an assistant and then micromanage them and make their lives harder instead of letting the assistant go and flourish on there. So, wow. Um, it's, you have to have a plan. Yeah, I've known a lot of entrepreneurs say, man, I'm going to have an assistant. I say, great, what are you going to have them do? And their answer is, whatever I need them to do. Mm. And that doesn't work. Uh, for me to have a system and an organization to say, here's the responsibilities. I mean, it's almost as simple as making sure you have a good job description. Right. Right. To write it down and say, here's the, the responsibilities. Here's the things I'm going to delegate and get out of the way. My example mm. uh, is scheduling. I truly, even to this day, I am not allowed to touch my own calendar. I usually mess it up. But it's the idea of, well, if I've hired an assistant to manage my calendar, manage my inboxes, and do all these things, if I start scheduling stuff, I'm going to step on his or her toes. You're so right. Right? And, yeah. and I'm not going to empower them to, to take all of the inputs and, and juggle it all together and really and to trust that person. So they're just, you have to be really conscious about it. Mm. Now, you asked a question in there, uh, which is, when do we hire the assistant? And for me, and my advice often to, to most entrepreneurs is it's an early hire. Okay. It's not something, oh, I'm big enough. I can finally get an assistant today. It's, mm. it's the idea that you're so important. You're the most important person as the entrepreneur to your business. You always will be. And so what is your time worth? Oof. Right. What is our time worth? I mean, if we're doing $10 or $20 an hour activities, and there's no disrespect to those activities, they right. got to happen for our business. Right. But, you know, can we be doing other high productive, high net worth value activities and, and whatever that role is for our business and our role changes on there. So, yeah. so understanding that and even early on part-time getting people in to, to you're investing in yourself mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. So, so my advice is not to wait. Um, what's the expression? If, if you don't have an assistant, you are one. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. That I know that resonated with so many people right now. Cause it's like, when I get to this income, I'll hire someone when I, when I get to this level and it's like, I feel like you're going to build so slow if you have that mindset. Well, and again, yeah. it's, it's just Superman, right? Okay. I'll do my own schedule. I'll do my own things. I'll do whatever is on the list of mm -hmm. tasks on here, um, you know, towards these things. And in small organizations, you know, assistants can do a lot. They can manage your social yeah. media. They can totally. help with so many different things yeah. that are beyond the traditional assistant, you know, lane. Yeah. You know, they're getting the marketing to help grow the business. And right. Like yeah. What are some other common like bottlenecks that you see in businesses? Do you see any like trends? Yeah. I mean, right now it's the idea of, as we go through phases of a crazy economy, right? COVID going up, COVID going down, the market, you know, recession potentially in front of us. Yeah. Um, the idea of building teams fast and when companies need to do that is a big challenge right now. Uh -huh. If you're in a high velocity organization and you need to grow, you right. need to grow talent operationally, executive talent, leadership talent. We all understand, you know, the idea of the great resignation and the, you know, all of these things right now. So mm -hmm. team building and, and putting a conscious effort into that is becoming a bottleneck. It used to be something we could take for granted, right? but now to recruit and retain talent, to be a competitive employer, you have to have a lot of effort. You got to put a budget and a game plan 
towards mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel about leadership development and like the whole mindset around that? Like, have you helped look at companies maybe with your own? Of like, how do you get employees to want to be there, want to put in the effort? And I can't, it feels weird saying it, yeah. but it's just so true. I talked to so many of my friends that have multiple businesses and they're like, mm-hmm. it's hard to find somebody that wants to actually put their heart and soul into this and work and have effort. It's like, you know, so is there any leadership development stuff that you do that you've seen that work? Yeah, I think we're talking about employee engagement, okay. right? In the broadest yeah. sense. Yeah. So really to create an engagement scenario and an engagement plan has to be centered around the individual. Mm. It actually, we often think of, a, of plans and development plans, or here's what the company needs. Here's, this is, if you're in here for the company, this is what you get. When it's, I think it needs to be flipped mm. to really create professional and personal development plans that are geared towards not just you know, this role and right. here's what salespeople get on my team, but to the individual, if a sales rep on my team wanted to learn, you know, Cantonese because they're, you know, seeing an opportunity with a lot of Chinese speaking clients, for example, right. then in this case to support that person's development towards, you know, taking classes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it seems like a small thing, but that's actually the answer is it's right. lots of small things geared towards the individual. So mm-hmm. you have to have a structure within our companies that can support creating and then supporting these development I agree. programs. I agree. I've always looked at that with like my sales teams and stuff. I'm like, okay, they need personal development and I have to have an ongoing plan for them where they can continue to grow stretch because you're only as good as your sales force, right? Like you're like, you're only as strong as your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important to you is, is leadership? You know, I look at you like, holy heck, building these companies, being involved, obviously you've got to have great leadership skills. What advice would you give on leadership? Uh, my, my first advice is for everybody out there to really go through a hard dissemination on what is management and what is leadership. Because okay. I think we, we confuse these terms, right? To be a good leader does not necessarily make a good manager. In fact, I'm a good leader, I would like to think, but I'm not a great manager of people with my personality <laughs> and, and okay. to follow up and have that consistency. Oh, so it. similar. So, okay. so <laughs> understanding what is leadership? What does leadership look like? You know, is leadership being a cheerleader or is leadership, you know, showing empathy and, and care for people? Um, this is the conversation. So really starting with understanding, okay, I need a great manager and I need a great leader. And what's the difference between the two? If we can define it, we can understand what to pursue in ourselves. What am I good at? What are my strengths and weaknesses within these conversations? But think about hiring, right? If you next time you say, I have great managers, my business is getting bigger. I need a good leader. I'm really going to consider and recruit a different type of person. Um, What brings you joy? Wow. Um, impacting others. It really does. It seems so cheesy. almost. No, I get it. it. Do you think that's your it factor or what is your it factor? Yeah. I like puzzles. Uh, and you know, and, and I've realized if you do enough puzzles, it doesn't matter what the picture is on the puzzle, right? Cause you know how to do puzzles. So I've figured out the entrepreneurial puzzle with people and I like building that puzzle with them. And I've also learned like, are we starting the puzzle, dump it out on the table or, has this puzzle been going for a while and you're stuck on it and you just need a new perspective to it. Yeah. I mean, I like puzzles so much that sometimes I'm weird. Like I'll finish a puzzle and truly flip it over <laughs> and yeah. I'll do the, the yeah. gray side because there's yeah. no pictures because it's still the same and it's the challenge. So I just, 
I love helping people unwrap that puzzle, see the puzzle. And sometimes all you need is the outside lens of, have you thought about that? And you it can do. change everything. Everything. You're a strategist, man, to the nth degree. Like you are, like this is so awesome. Where can people find you if they want to research more? Do you have programs if they want to hear more of you? Yeah, the easiest, fastest way to find me is probably LinkedIn right now. Okay. Aaron Hagman, hit me up directly and, and send me a message directly. I'll answer you personally. Um, beyond that, we have HagmanEnterprises.com, uh, where some of our content's being put up there, and you know the, the executive assistant modules and the training modules, the hiring modules, all that kind of content. Hiring modules, everyone. <laughs> like I'm gonna run to that. Okay, you're amazing. I feel like I gained a new friend and so much insight, and I'm just so pumped for you. And and really, what you're bringing and giving to the world is amazing. And thank you for all you do. Well, it's so nice of you to say. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yes.